acquis. In the name of Jesus Christ, welcome today to Central United Methodist Church, where it is our mission to follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors. I'm Thomas Smith, senior pastor here at Central, and it's a joy to have you with us in worship today. Whether you are in person here in the sanctuary with us or worshiping this morning with us by live stream, thank you for making Central a part of your day today. For those of you in person this morning... I hope on the way in you received a bulletin. If you'd like to find some ways to connect with God, I encourage you to read the bulletin. There's a lot of ways uh, that you can become active in things that are going on at Central there. And those of you worshiping online, uh, please visit our church website, centralmethodist.net. There you will find an online version of our bulletin, as well as some other ways you can connect with God through Central. Some things I'd lift up to you this morning. One, you may have noticed a certain monochromatic tone in our normally colorful bulletin and order of worship, and I wanted to give a word of explanation. The same global supply issues that have affected our ability to buy so many things, at least on the time frame that we want, has apparently affected the printer ink industry. And so we are um, out of the needed inks for color uh, right now, but we are working on that. It's ordered, back-ordered. And hopefully that'll be remedied soon. But just to let y'all know, I wanted y'all to know why the change aesthetically. Some announcements of things going on in the life of our church uh, this week, uh, this coming Wednesday at 6.15, following our Wednesday night supper. I'm going to be leading a, a new Bible study called, uh, that will begin at 6.15 and run for four weeks called Whose Bible Is It? Based on a book of the same name. And it's about how the Bible came to exist as we know it. We also, our outreach committee is carrying out a clothing drive for men who are being released from the Turbyville Men's Correctional Institution. There is a, a container in the commons if you would like to donate men's clothing for that purpose. Also this coming Wednesday, we begin our Lent, our Lent and Lenten lunch and worship series. Representing a change in time, the worship services themselves will begin at 12 o'clock noon and then we'll have a meal at 1230. And after the meal, for those who would like to receive communion, we'll have a brief service of communion in Ingram Chapel. Um, our preacher this week is the Reverend Mary Finkley. And there's an introduction to her in your bulletin. Some other upcoming dates, um, this coming Thursday is our next blood drive, and it's not too late to sign up to donate blood or to volunteer at the blood drive. On March 12th, this coming Saturday, we're having a work day at the Habitat for Humanity Restore. On Mar also this coming Saturday, the 12th, there's an interest meeting for those interested in going to, on the Costa Rica mission trip. And on March 26th, we have our Build-A-Bed Day for our beds ministry. There are details about all of those in your bulletin. Also, during the season of Lent, we're going to have an expanded uh, version of our prayer ministry where in the Ingram Chapel, uh, each before each worship service, the chapel will be open for you to go and pray silently and on your own if you'd like, but there also will be volunteers there to pray with you if you'd like someone to pray with you 
so that will, there are details about that in your bulletin, but the chapel is open during those times. And in basketball news, uh, Central's eight and under team won their championship game this past week. And our 12 and under team, our 14 and under team, and our 17 and under team will all play championship games tomorrow night at Ebenezer Baptist Church. And all of our teams, boys teams and the girls team, have all had a successful season. And this morning, um, you may have, we're going to be taking another step back toward communion as we've been accustomed to. It's the first Sunday of the month, and communion is traditional at Central, the first Sunday of the month. And what we'll do is rather than receiving a, the little single-use packs like you, on the way in, like we've done for over a year, we have a, a way for us to come back to the altar rail if we're comfortable doing so. Aware that not everybody might be comfortable packing the altar rail as we were. So what we'll do is Derek and I will be, when it comes time to serve communion, we'll be standing at the end of the short aisles. And the ushers will direct you forward. The choir will go first and you'll see what the choir does. And then the, the uh, ushers will direct you forward and you'll come to stand before uh, either Derek or, or me. And we'll give you the single serving packet. Don't take it there, but you can either come and kneel at the altar rail and receive communion at the, to the altar rail, or you can return to your seat if you're more comfortable doing so and receive communion there. And if you're more comfortable having us bring you communion, please let one of the ushers know and we'll happily do that. But this feels like a, a step in the right direction. And we've all, I know I've missed kneeling at the altar rail and I'm glad to be able to include it in, in worship again. And in our prayer concerns today, our prayer focus for the week is for the people of Ukraine and for peace in the world and especially in that part of the world. Well, friends, as we gather now for worship, let us be open to God's presence with us as we worship God in spirit and in truth.
Let us sing to the Most High. Those who love the Lord will be delivered.
Let us remain standing as we affirm our faith using a traditional Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray our prayer of confession as printed in our order of worship together. O holy and merciful God, we confess that we have not always taken upon ourselves with joy to yoke of salvation, nor being to do your perfect will. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength. Neither have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. You have called to us in the need of our brothers and sisters, and we have passed unheeding on our way. The pride of our hearts and our unwillingness to repent, we have turned away from the cross of Christ and have grieved your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, we pray, for the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us now offer our prayers of confession in silence. A God like you, 
pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of your possession. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in showing clemency. He will again have compassion upon us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. My dear sisters and brothers, we welcome you to Central here on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're always elated to have you worshiping with us, whether you're worshiping in person or you're worshiping via live screen. Again, we're always elated to have you with us. And for those of you who are worshiping in person, we do ask that you please take the time to fill out the friendship pad at the end of your pew. And if you would like to know more about our ministries, how you can get involved, including how you can become a member of our great church, we ask that you please contact one of the clergy and we would love to set an appointment with you. Again, welcome to Central. And at this time, we ask that all of our children be dismissed for Children's Church. Oh, man. 
Our gospel lesson this morning is from the gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 13. Hear now the word of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I shall give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, 
Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we begin a new series of sermons that will be in uh, each Sunday through the season of Lent, which began this past Wednesday. But this name of the series is God on the Move. And the idea is that in the scripture readings we'll see, as we read through this season of Lent, the gospel readings for the season of Lent, we see Jesus on the move. Jesus didn't stay one place very long. His ministry on earth was one of moving from place to place, from one encounter with someone or some group to the next encounter with new people. And in this series, we'll see Jesus moving from Galilee to Jerusalem. Galilee was in the north of the country. It's where Jesus was from. It's where his disciples were from. And they moved to from there to Jerusalem, a journey to the south of the country where he left the relative safety of home and traveled into the danger of the unknown. And we know that when Jesus arrived at Jerusalem, he met the cross where he experienced death but then also resurrection and the empty tomb. And so we have this sense that God is on the move through Jesus, and the gospel readings will read this through this series. Jesus also, though, moved through every aspect of human experience, more than just a physical moving from one place to the next. Jesus encountered everything from temptation to joy to suffering. He even experienced death. And this series helps us reclaim the movement of Jesus' ministry from temptation to salvation. Through his teaching and miracles and finally through the story of his death and resurrection. And as we encounter the life and ministry of Jesus, we cannot stay the same. We ourselves are moved to grow and change as Jesus' followers. The comforting truth of this season of Lent is that as we delve deeper into our own self-examination, we find that we are not alone. God is still on the move in our lives, walking with us every step of the way. Yes, as we move spiritually and in time through the season of Lent to Easter, but also every day of our lives, we are on the move with God. This morning's scripture shows us that it's traditional for the first Sunday in Lent because it shows Jesus fasting for a 40-day period. And Lent is a period of 40 days, excluding Sundays, between that leads us to spiritually prepare for Lent. To set the context just a bit, Jesus in the story so far has just been baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. As he comes up out of the water, the Spirit of God says, This is my Son, and beloved, with Him I'm well pleased. Identifying Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And then, the very next thing is Jesus goes off into the wilderness. 
He goes for this time of 40 days of fasting and prayer. It's a time of spiritual preparation for the ministry that he was about to begin. Jesus' ministry, sort of we call, has a public phase and a private phase. Before his baptism, Jesus was just living as a regular person in Nazareth, though he was always the son of God. But after his baptism, he begins to publicly live into a ministry of teaching and preaching and healing, of helping those in need. All of, that, all of that ministry revealing him as the son of God. And before he began that important work, that next phase of his mission, Jesus goes off into the desert to be to spend a time in fasting and prayer to spiritually prepare for what's coming next. And at the end of that time, when Jesus is very vulnerable, maybe the most vulnerable spiritually, the devil comes to him and tempts him. And these temptations would have tempted Jesus away from his ministry, the role he had to play in the world. And it's interesting to me, we should note that uh, even when Jesus resisted those temptations, what is the last words and the devil left until an opportune time, reminding us that temptation comes when we're most likely to give in. It's, I think, worth spending a moment to think about who the devil is. It's talked about in these scriptures. When we think of the devil, it's easy for us to think of a red man with a pitchfork and goat's hooves. But instead, let's think of the devil as Matthew, or rather Luke, Matthew 2. <laughs> but as Luke talks about him here as the embodiment of spiritual evil. That embodiment of evil that comes to Jesus, when he's at his most vulnerable, he's most likely to give in to temptation. And that same spiritual evil comes to us and tempts us away from the things of God. Temptation comes in moments of weakness. And evil is an opportunist who will strike when we're least prepared for it. And Jesus understands our temptation. Jesus understands our urges to do things we shouldn't because he's been there. These verses show us that he's been there. It's been a heavy sermon so far, so I'll use a silly example to explain how I think of temptation coming to us at its most vulnerable moment. I am not a big eater of breakfast cereal. I mean, I eat it because we all do, but there's no, I'm not uh, my normal breakfast. I would not pick breakfast cereal with one exception. One exception is cinnamon toast crunch. Now, those of you, you know, my, maybe that's because my mother never bought me sugary cereal. I don't know. But cinnamon toast crunch is the apex of cereal technology. You can find no finer breakfast cereal than cinnamon toast crunch. And I know it's bad for your teeth, too, but still... And I, and I promise you, the good people at the Cinnamon Toast Crunch are not paying me for this endorsement. But it's good, and I can eat a big bowl of it, and, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll eat it in a pasta bowl because a pasta bowl holds more. Um, it's just so good. Well, several Lents ago, uh, I gave up sugar um, for Lent. And my family's over there nodding. Yep, he does that. But anyway, um, several uh, Lents ago, I gave up sugar. And... I don't know if y'all know this about sugar. It's in everything. 
It's hiding all over the place. You can't put ketchup on your French fries because it's got sugar in it. Most store-bought bread has sugar in it. It's just, anyway, I was, I was having trouble finding things to eat is what I'm saying. And I was doing pretty good with it, to be honest. And then one day, guess what appeared in our home? The biggest, most beautiful box of cinnamon toast crunch you ever saw. I guess the kids talked Ellen into buying it at the grocery store. And it sat there on the kitchen counter. And every time I walked to the kitchen, it'd go, Thomas, Thomas, look here. Just one, just one. You can eat just one. Nobody will know. Now, that's a trivial example, a silly example. But I think it gets at the idea that temptation will come for us where we're most vulnerable in big ways and in small ways, in serious ways and in ways that are far less serious, like in the case of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And the way to make sure we don't cave when temptation comes is to be prepared, to be ready, because it will come. Just as we each have a fire extinguisher in our homes, though we never, though we all hope and pray to never have to use it, we need to be spiritually prepared for spiritual evil to tempt us away from the things of God. It does exist. And its existence does not excuse our behavior. Only we are responsible for our behavior. And the only power evil has over us is to tempt us to do things that to keep us away from God. And the answer to counter that evil is grace. For us to do the things that open us to God's grace so that when the attack comes, we're prepared. We are spiritually ready. This season of Lent, this 40 days, is a season that invites us to self-reflection, to self-examination. It invites us to renew our commitment to those things that open us to God's grace and keep us connected to God. Things like prayer and worship and studying our Bibles and engaging in Christian service. These are the things so that when evil comes, we are ready Notice the devil attacked Jesus when he was most vulnerable with the things he was most vulnerable with. What's the first thing he said to a man who hadn't eaten for 40 days? Turn these rocks into bread. What we're most vulnerable is where evil will come. And if we are prepared, we can stand firm. And Lent invites us to recommit ourselves to those practices so that we are spiritually Prepared. Lent is all about being ready as Jesus was ready when the devil came to tempt him. This story of Jesus being tempted by the devil is none of us, I don't think, will ever find ourselves 40 days into a fast. But it shows us what can happen. That Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, Satan reminds Jesus that he doesn't have to do any of it. That he's not required, that he has a choice, that he didn't have to serve the fullness of God. But it's the right thing to do. And we have the same choice to seek the things of God, to seek the things that help us grow in God's grace, or to turn our backs on it altogether. We have the choice. But these verses call us to choose 
to follow Jesus and to seek out those things that empower us to follow Jesus. And in our church life this season of Lent through our special worship services and Bible studies and and, and opportunities to put our hands to our faith, there are many ways that we can spiritually prepare ourselves during these 40 days so that when temptation comes, we'll be on our guard. We'll be prepared. So let us be imitators of Jesus in this way. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, from the beginning you have watched over your chosen people. You are our refuge and our fortress. You protect and deliver your beloved who come now to lift up our thanksgiving for your loving kindness. You took a wanderer and made him into a great nation that was among great among the nations. You've given your angels charge over us that we should not be afraid. But we live as though feeding our physical hunger is more important than feasting on your word. We look to our own devices for strength rather than relying on your promises. We seek the powers of this world rather than the reward of faith. But you've promised that those who call on your name will be saved. In this time of renewal... This time of Lent, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may open our minds and our hearts to allow your word to make us new. Give us courage to resist temptation, to renounce evil, and to confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord. Guide us by your grace that as we do works of mercy, we might take no delight in them except as they glorify you. As we study your word, may it be a, may it guide us in the way of peace. May your word be a power to heal the sick. Let your truth be a shining light of hope to those who are discouraged. May your abiding presence be a consolation to those who despair and a comfort to those who mourn. O Lord, you are generous to all who call upon you. Generously grant But we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, we continue our worship of God as we worship God by returning to him a portion of what's already God's with this presentation of our tithes and our offerings. I invite the ushers to come.
Oh God, we thank you for these gifts, Lord, that others have given to us. Lord, we ask that you bless it for the furthering of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. I invite you to turn in your hymnals to page 12 where you will find the liturgy for communion. Ordinarily, we begin our time together with a prayer of confession, which we, but we prayed a prayer of confession as part of our service today at the beginning of the worship time. And each Sunday in Lent, we will begin our time together with a prayer of confession, including today. So we'll go begin with the great thanksgiving, but also a word of invitation that this table, this altar table and the holy meal it contains do not belong to Central or the United Methodist Church. It's the Lord's table. And all who seek God's grace, whether you're a member of our church or another church or no church at all, if you seek the grace God offers in this holy meal, you're invited to receive it.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights, you bore up the ark on the waters saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain he heard your still, small voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, when he gave himself to us to save us from our sin. Your spirit led him into the wilderness, and there he fasted forty days and forty nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during forty days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When your people prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted in grace to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The bread that we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, I invite you to stand as you're able for the benediction. May the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.